you've come to the right place if you're looking to create, launch, and scale a high-value online training program. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of Lifter LMS, the most powerful learning management system for WordPress. Stay to the end. I've got something special for you. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. I'm joined by a special guest, Paul Toby. He's a pianist, jazz pianist. He teaches piano um, online, and he is also a business professional. You can find his piano uh, training site at um, jazzmental.com. That's J-A-Z-Z-M-E-N-T-L.com. Is that correct, Paul? Yes, it is. And then we've got trainingbusinesspros.com is his uh, business training company, but go to that'sambitious.com. And he's got a membership, two of them, that has a vault of training on there. Paul, before I get into it, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate the, uh, appreciate the invite. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I've seen you, started seeing more and more of you just around the web. And when I see a prolific course creator and a business mind, um, it can be really inspiring to this community. The first thing I wanted to ask you about was sometimes there's this um, kind of characterization that you have to choose a path. You can be an artist or you can be a business person, but you can't really be both. But you're a musician and a, uh, you know, a leader in, in business. How have you been able to integrate those two types of um, avatars into your life? Let's say former musician. Okay. So for when I got out of university and I had to go to university to learn how to sort of play and improvise and write music as soon as I finished and, and during while I was there, I became a professional and I never made my living as a teacher. I made my living as a performer. So I was on the Arcadia uh, record label out of New York city. And I was actually the first Canadian side to that label. And I made my living as a professional for 23 years. So I got to play in 17 different countries. I released eight albums a uh, bunch of awards, that kind of stuff. So I apologize for the phone. I'm in an office right now. It's so. all good. So <laughs> when did you when did you realize you were a, a business guy too, or did you always know that? I went. Uh, so I lost my recording contract in the aftermath of 9/11, partly because the record label was in that area. They were like three blocks from Ground Zero, and things just kind of went crazy at that time. Not that everybody yeah. was running out buying jazz albums either. They were more glued to the television saying, when's the next bomb going to hit, you know? Right. So uh, my, my recording contract kind of disintegrated, and it's very difficult to be a professional without a, a, the backing of a label, right? It's, it's a lot of money. And while you can make your own albums and release them under your own label and whatever, it's, it's, it's far better to have the backing of a, of a record label. And I basically went broke <laughs> at 40, 42. My wife and I um, kind of lost our house and we moved out. And I actually moved in with my parents for, for a couple of months while we sort of decided what we're going to do next. And I, I bought a small house in Brantford, Ontario and just kind of started rebuilding my life. And it was during that time that I, I uh, didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I started reading a bunch of books. Many people call them self-help books. Tony people, Robbins and the like. <laughs> yeah, most people use them as shelf-help books, right? They buy yeah. them once and they collect dust on the shelf kind of thing. I took everything to heart, started taking some training, uh, but I also walked across Spain on the Camino de Santiago just to kind of 
you know, figure out what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. What year are we at here in the timeline? 2003, 2004, approximately. And I wasn't hireable. I couldn't get a job because (laughs) most businesses don't need a piano player. So I had to go figure out what I'm going to do. And because I'm not hireable, I had to start a business. And so I took some courses. One of the early courses that I took was something called Train the Trainer from Peak Potentials. It was the most valuable thing I ever did. It's not what you teach. It's how you teach it that matters. And I parlayed that into, I think I did $168,000 in training sales in year one. Is this in-person training? Yeah, in-person training. Like B2B? Business to small business, yes. So I was like a... I'd be like a small version, smaller version of Tony Robbins, shorter and yeah. <laughs> not by much, by the way, I'm six two. So uh, shorter, I had, you know, decent stage presence from the music business. I didn't really know how to speak. And that's what I learned from trainer to trainer, but I learned how to sell on the back end. So people would come to a preview. I'd sell them a $3,000 training on the back end, you know, take a, take a thousand bucks off or whatever you could buy today. And uh, by year three, we'd done over a million dollars in sales. So it's pretty remarkable because, you know, the most money I ever made in the music business was like 150 grand a year. And most of that went out to expenses and taking care of that business and stuff. So anyway, does that answer your question? That does. So that first year you made 150K or so, what was, how did you get those first clients as a speaker? Digital marketing. Okay. I literally. Outbound or inbound? So basically, I, I, the money's in the list. Yeah. So I, I created mailing lists. And I would just continue to invite people. Some of the lists were obtained a little bit suspectly. Like I would yeah. scrape the list from the Chamber of Commerce and, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But you really had the right to do. It's still spam, but it's not at that time. You have to understand it's an early days of digital marketing. I'm learning from Kevin Wilkie, Matt Gill, Willie Jarvis, Joe Vitale, I could, you know, give you a number of mentors. Uh, spam wasn't really like it is today. Yeah. Emails made it into the inbox. <laughs> if you just, you know, they weren't double opt-in or anything like that. And we didn't have the filters that we do today. So I would basically just invite people and they'd show up. So, so were you saying it was a, uh, like the live, the first engagement, was it free? And then there was a backend offer or the first engagement was paid? Usually the first engagement was free. And would you be speaking to like a company, a small business and their employees or their customers or what? Sometimes the marketing managers would, would show up, but it was mostly business owners. Mm-hmm. So marketing managers, maybe sometimes middle management or they'd bring somebody from the office with them. Uh, but essentially decision makers. So people who could actually invest in a course. And if you're, you know, if you've got a room of 50 people, it's not a bad sized room. And you're regularly converting somewhere between 15 and 25%. And the courses are, you know, the initial courses might be a thousand or up to $3,000. If you're converting 20%, you can make a really good living doing that. And I did. It was, it was going very, very well for about 10 years until it just got too complicated for people because digital marketing was kind of my thing. And it just, it just got way too difficult for them to implement. And I didn't feel right about giving them partial information it was always step by step it's yeah never so actionable yeah because information doesn't really solve problems <laughs> step-by-step instruction when followed correctly solves a problem and 
I, I found people couldn't really follow that. It just got too like, it's not their main business. They're not, too advanced. They're not, yeah, they're not, they're not digital marketers. They have other right. things to do, right? They're running a landscaping business. I mean, what the heck do they know about setting up a CRM or <laughs> anyway? So what was the, um, the promise of the free talk? Was it uh, like, was it a straight sales pitch or, or there was like a um... very simple landing pages. They would go to the landing page and they'd see a couple of paragraphs, intro five or six bullet points. You're going to learn this because you need it for this reason. Right. So give them the step that they're going to learn and then why you need that. And, and that was basically do, it. Would you do multiple topics or did you have like a signature talk that you started developing or whatever? I had different ones. Okay. So I actually have trained over 500 speakers. So I had the, I had a speak for profit course. Yeah. I had a digital marketing and sales strategy courses. I had uh, marketing and mastery. I, I'm thinking back to all the courses that we had. It was just the whole sort of litany of things. The first, we would first put them into marketing and mastery and out of marketing and mastery. So marketing and mastery was like a two day course, thousand bucks. Out of that course, you'd grab 20% of those people and move them up. To right? a high-end consulting or what? No, high-end training course. Okay. And they could buy a group of courses. Then we had, we eventually had what's called universal, which means you could take all the courses. And that was like 25 grand. Okay. <laughs> so. Very cool. And that's definitely early days of information publishing and all that. What, what was the, um, I'm really fascinated by what you said, like the industry got complicated like if you come in today into digital marketing, there's all these silos of like this one trick that this person knows how to do and this person over here does funnels and this person over here does whatever and it's like all fragmented. But in the early days, it was just like a, like tell us more about the collapse into complexity in digital marketing and how, does, how somebody today, if they wanna do digital marketing, can even get started without getting overwhelmed. If you set aside the initial traffic problem that most people have, yeah, which can be solved by money. So that's a problem. If you, if you have a business, a legitimate business, and you want to take on digital marketing and you already have cash flow, that's a problem that can be solved. Yeah. You don't need a lot of insight and technology to solve that problem. Just buy traffic. That's basically <laughs> it. If, if you know SEO, you can, you can put that in. And actually I, I would teach uh, entire SEO courses. I'm still very good at that. Actually. Um, I help a lot of, I consult with a lot of companies on, on that. And some of them just pay me just to do that one thing, but uh, take the traffic problem aside, take the website design and creation and set that one aside. And let's talk about where the money is and the money yeah. is in the list. You know that I know that all digital marketers know that. It's in the data rich list. The more data you can mine from your list, the better it works. You can drop people and segment them into silos. So I was an, inf I was an Infusionsoft certified partner. Uh, and trying to help companies understand that model and program something like Infusionsoft or even a groundhog, they just really don't want to know. And, and, they would come to the courses because they did want to know, but then they'd go, well, that's just way beyond me. I can't, I can't handle that. That was step-by-step -step instruction. I mean, that you would have to send them down. And a lot of my clients did. They went to take Infusionsoft certification, which they don't do anymore. Um, and I think that was kind of the, the point where I stepped aside and said, 
I think there's more money in actually just consulting on this than there is teaching the odd person who wants to figure this out. I still do train the trainer courses every year. I still, uh, I, you know, that's ambitious.com is the online sort of training platform, which that's their first sort of foray into my world. And then a lot of times out of that, I can get business clients as a consultant, or I can, you know, move them up to like private coaching or private training, that kind of stuff. That's awesome. I just want to empathize with you. I, we were also an Infusionsoft certified partner. Might have seen you at Icon in 2013 or 14. I think that was the last time we went. Yeah. We um, used to hold the, interesting point, we used to hold the, the biggest party outside of, of Icon that was private. So this was a great marketing strategy. So one year I, <laughs> I, I got, they had, they, they had me as a speaker. So I thought, okay, I'll bring my whole team down. I'll, I'll you know, do whatever. I'll get a booth, right? So I spent like $28,000 to have a booth and do all of that. And I got nothing out of it. Why? Cause I'm up against, you know, like, I, I don't want to go through the names, but a lot yeah. bigger companies than me. Right. And we just got slaughtered. I made no money whatsoever. <laughs> the next year I said, okay, I'm not spending any money. I'm going to host a party. Right. So we, we took one of my employees and we dressed him up like a Mountie. Okay. You know, the only Mountie at, you know what a Mountie is, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Canadian, Canadian police. Yeah, he's got red coat on right. hat and whatever. And everybody's like, he's walking around and everybody wants a selfie. Right. And, and they'd nestle up against him. He'd, he'd do the selfie because, you know, he took somebody with him. And he would say, are you Canadian? And they go, no, we're, we're American, which is most people, right? And he'd go, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> and they say, why? Is that, well, because we're hosting a, the only Canadian party here at Icon and you have to be Canadian to get in. And there weren't that many Canadians. So what we would do is we would the word got around that there was this great party that you could get into only if you were Canadian. And at that point, everybody wanted in. So we would only let in like CEOs and like the, the, the execs of Infusionsoft and stuff like that. And then we started hosting the first jam session because wow. all of the Infusionsoft employees were like musicians. So we had at uh, one year, the last year we did it at Icon, we had uh, 26 musicians sit in at our, at our jam session. So I just hired a local band to kind of handle it. And I would, I would host it, play. And, and, uh, but just as a marketing strategy, we were like the outliers. And that was one massively successful party. I had, I think I got like five or six contracts out of that one party. <laughs> wow, that's, that's awesome. That's a great piece, piece of history. Well, tell us about uh, Adrian, your son, Groundhog founder has been on this show, but what was, can you tell us from your perspective what the origin story of Groundhog was? Adrian uh, had always been hanging out in our business. He worked for our business. He was an Infusionsoft certified partner in our company. He would do marketing implementation for companies. Uh, very well respected at a very young age. He was doing it at like, you know, 16, 17 years of age. And uh, he kind of understood marketing. He was, he'd always been around and he learned. He was a, he's a learn-it-all, not a know-it-all. So after uh, high school, he wanted to take programming. So we sent him to the University of Toronto. And after a couple of years of that, uh, which was really good for him, by the way, because he's an only child and he moved out at 18 and he got his own place uh, at the fraternity and he basically transformed his room. He's, he's very good with his hands. So he's like, he, he tore all the walls out and put up drywall and he just kind of just overdid this old place. And after a couple of years of that, he basically took us out to dinner one night and said, 
I, I think I'm going to drop out. And I go, well, why are you going to, my wife and I are like, why are you going to drop out? And he goes, well, I had a teacher who said, if you've got a problem that you can solve now, go solve it. Because by the time you're done university, somebody else will have solved it. And I said, well, what problem are you going to solve? He goes, I'm going to create the Infusionsoft for WordPress. <laughs> and we just kind of laughed because we know how, you know, Infusionsoft had $80 million, of, no, $150 million of investment or something like that from like Goldman Sachs and all this stuff, right? And I'm like, you're just, you know, second year university, you don't have any money. You're going to go head to head with Infusionsoft. Plus everybody said it couldn't be done, right? WordPress right. wasn't advanced enough to actually get it done. He says, no, I think I can do it. And I said, okay, well, go, go, find, uh, go find some seed money. Go find your own 100 grand that you need to start up and hire an employee and get it programmed. And, and uh, he had the money within a week. And we said, okay, you can, you can always go back to school. But if you can solve this problem, that would be a good problem to solve. And I became his first client. All of our clients, we switched them from Infusionsoft to Groundhog, many of them without them even knowing it. Yeah, I, I was like, from the early days, it's so amazing how far that software has come in the last year. It's incredible what they've been able to do. And I use it exclusively for my clients. Uh, we still have some people on Infusionsoft, but that's because they're so sort of intertwined and they, they don't really feel like they can get out of it. Plus, it's going to cost them money to have me convert it or my team convert it. And um, yeah, so I mean, Adrian... Very obviously, very proud. <clears throat> I think he um, he saw the he saw the opportunity, and he took he took the chance, and it worked. It worked. It, that company's been profitable for a while now, which is incredible. He just won an award for the best tech startup, a Stevie Award, uh, the American Business Awards. Um, he was just nominated for award in Canada for 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 best uh, CRM or something like that or whatever. I mean, it's, I look back at twenty three. I could barely like, I was in I was in music school. I could I could barely. I, we had main, mainframes back. We didn't even have personal computers. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's a different world. So good for him. Well, he's very talented, just like you in the sense of um, being a developer and which is kind of like an artist and then being a, you know, marketer and a salesperson. He's got this kind of hybrid model, which is so rare out there. Um, and just the like inside Groundhog, the pre-built automations or whatever that are already there kind of helps simplify like you're talking about for business owners. Like, yes, I need to build my, build my list. Well, then you can just turn on the automation that helps you create a lead capture form or whatever and put it in a sequence. So he's taking the best out of, you know, the marketing automation industry and distilling it down to as, appro as approachable as it can be in WordPress, which is really a great thing to see and much needed for course creators and membership site builders. Yeah. And the thing that he did with Lifter, right? It's like, that's brilliant because it's, it's, you know, I run membership sites. Okay. So it's one thing to get people to buy a membership. It's another thing to get them to consume it. Yeah. If they don't consume it, they will not pay eventually. They'll wake up one day and go, why am I making my monthly donations to this learning program if I'm not actually doing it. And that happens all the time. So I, I had a couple of cancellation notices in the last week 
And the reason why I knew they were going to cancel is even though they're getting the reminder emails from Groundhog because they abandoned the login, they abandoned a specific course, and that's what Groundhog does. It sends out an email saying, hey, today's a good day to come back and finish this course. They don't do it. I know they're going to cancel the membership. But at least Groundhog will be in play to remind people that they have something that they've paid for that they need to go and do because you don't have time for that. Course creators don't have time for that. You don't have time to follow up with 100 people and see if they're consuming course XYZ. You have to have automation for that. And I love the way that uh, Adrian did that with, he did it with LearnDash, he did it with Lifter, he did it with uh, a couple of others as well. And I think that's brilliant. Do you know what I mean? And the fact that they're connected through WordPress and there's all these sort of trigger points, it's great stuff. I, I'm, I'm using it uh, not to it, not even to its fullest extent yet, uh, because it keeps developing new things. And yeah. every time he does, I have to go take another one of his courses. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, I got to do this now, right? So, well, yeah. talk to us about um, you have a membership site with lots of courses. Sometimes people are trying to decide between should I make a course, should I do a membership with lots of courses. How do you? What works for you? And how did you ease into the model that you have? That's I know you have two different ones. You got music and then you have mm -hmm. business. Well, the, the music one's not actually launched yet. Okay. So it's, a, it's, on the, it's on the precipice of launch. I just have to sit down and make some new videos because I repurposed some old training videos that I had Okay. and put them all up. And that's all ready to go. I just need some better introduction videos. And once I get those done, uh, and it should, I'm like a week away. Okay. So we can talk about that because it's all, all done. But and by uh, the way, wait, if you're listening to this now, it'll be a little bit before this goes live. But, but if you're listening to this, it's uh, it's already up. So probably, yeah, yeah. That's ambitious. On the other hand, was built for small, small, medium-sized enterprise people who want to continue learning, and it's very diverse. There's digital marketing training. There's stuff in there about groundhog. There's stuff in there about course creation. There's stuff in there about, and it's a lot of personal development. So I go through like the, the concepts of deep commitment and, and, and to me, there's an equal amount of each because that's the way my life is. I don't think I would have ever gotten to the place that I am today if it weren't for that personal development and professional development. So there's an equal amount of each. The way that I do it is I basically, they can buy one course. And a lot of people do. They go and they buy a course. It's 49 bucks to take a course. They're typically two hours. They're chopped up into like six lessons or whatever. And there's a workbook. So they have to follow along the course. And what I do is I actually follow up by email saying, hey, convert that $49 into a membership and you can get access to all the courses. And it's only $99. So I actually give them credit for that first course but most people go and just buy for the initial month is like 49 dollars, and they can get access to like over 100 hours of courses now they'll never consume 100 hours of courses in a month but my goal with that is to get the to consume a couple so they can realize the value of the courses plus the other benefits of being a member the community the Monday motivator, the mastermind sessions. And then the goal with that is to convert them and, and move them up a little bit into private coaching and then potentially even become like a consulting client, like a business, if it was a legitimate business. And I have a lot of doctors in this, in this thing, like 
yeah. people who run clinics, Botox trainers. It's crazy um, because that's the world that I live in. I live in the more not necessarily startup entrepreneurial world. I live in the world of what I call established businesses, yeah. right? Brick and mortar companies that want to do better online or just want to do new things and learn about what's happening in the world, basically in, in business. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. Like not selling to yourself, like your own avatar, like is, I think that's a good move <laughs> to, you know, to go to established businesses that are different, that aren't necessarily up to their eyebrows and digital marketing already and stuff and, and personal development or whatever you then I think I see that mistake. I would call it a mistake a lot where people it's like, trying to sell marketing to other marketers. What if you sold marketing to this specific type of small business owner that doesn't know the basics? It's a totally different game. Mm -hmm. um, what's your instructional design process? So if you have this membership site and you're super passionate about life, business, teaching, how do you pick a topic? And then how do you create a course around it? Can you tell us your process and like roughly how long it takes when you do one of these two hour courses? So my first rule is experience comes first. I don't create a course out of anything that I don't have experience with. My personal philosophy is if I have to research something, then I don't really have the right to talk about it. I love that. I love that. So that makes it easy. Because Where did that now, come from? Like that decision? Uh, that came from Harbecker. Okay. Yeah. He had another thing too that said, if you actually learn something and get a measurable result, you have you now have a duty and responsibility to teach it to somebody else. So that's the learn, do, get results, teach kind of loop. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And there's an there's an accountability that you have to to the universe that says, I have to give back what I've learned from other people. So it's a lot of people look at it like. I'm not going to learn because I want to figure it out on my own. That's just crazy. In, in real life, you don't get in trouble for cheating. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if you were taking an exam in university and you yelled across the room to your friend, hey, Joe, what's the answer to number three? And he said, it's C. You, you got in trouble for that. But if you asked Joe in his 50s what the answer is, you, there's no, there's no, you're not failing a test. You're winning at life. <laughs> That's awesome. So essentially that's number one. It's I've got to, I have to have experienced it and it has to be directly applicable to somebody else's business or life that can get them a measurable result. Uh, number two is all I have to do then is create a step-by-step -step plan, an actionable plan that gets converted into a course. And usually what that entails is step one is part one. Yeah. Now, part one might have three steps in and of itself, but usually the big steps, right? Do this first, do this second, do this third. That's divided up into lessons. And that's a fairly straightforward format. There's really no magic trick in it other than you must have experience to talk about it because otherwise you're just, it's just conjecture. It's like, well, I think this is the best way to approach it. If you actually listen to people give courses, they use the word I think a lot. Well, I think this, I think that. I, I never do that. It's like, I did this. <laughs> I did that. And this is the result that, that I got. And what are the, um, you mentioned worksheets and, and whatnot. Like, where do those come in? 
most of my worksheets for that's ambitious are fill in the blank. Okay. So what I'll do is I'll create the step-by-step instructions and then I'll look at that and I'll take out keywords and phrases and, 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 and put a blank in its place. So you actually have to listen to the course. You can't just take the course material because that course material is useless because it's missing all of the key points. It's missing all of the key elements. And that's the concept of, so I wrote a book called Suggestology. It's the art of activating somebody's natural will to learn something or ask enough questions and you can, you can have anything you want. <laughs> Basically engaging somebody in the natural learning process is the only way to help them learn. And wow. that was that whole sort of train the trainer concept where they're constantly filling in the blanks or answering questions in their mind. If, if you ask a question, what normally happens? The mind can't not answer it. Yeah, it has yeah. to answer it, right? Yeah. So that whole concept of suggestology is, it, to me, that's context versus content. I think everybody tries to put content in, but they don't understand the context. It's like if you have a bowl, right? And you put a bunch of water in it, the water represents content. If the bowl springs a tiny little leak, doesn't matter how big the leak is, all of your content is lost. So the, the, the bowl that holds the content together is more important than the content itself. Otherwise, there is no content. Um, so that's what we call context. Context is more important than content. Another way to look at it is like, well, they took what I said completely out of context. <laughs> it's like you meant it one way, but it was taken another. And I think that's what people miss when they create courses. They all think about, well, I'm going to throw in as much content. A lot of times, the more content you throw in, the weaker the course is because they just can't absorb it. They just can't remember it or recall it. It's like it. if you, it, you, you, people tend to forget what they hear, what you see, you tend to remember, but what you do, you understand. So if somebody, were, like, to, if somebody were to break down like the parts as you call them or sections, like how many is too many for one, a single course? I mean, I know that's a subjective question, but like, what, when do you get in the territory of what I call the dangerous giant course? This just massive thing. I, I think a, I think a good course, just if you were following my personal experience, because I, I see what people do and I see how they interact with the courses, two hours is the max they can handle. And if you've got a specific subject like digital marketing, to me, that's not one giant 18-hour course. That's yeah. nine two-hour courses divided up into six or seven lessons each course. Is Maybe. it better? Is it better if the learner does the whole course in one session, like one binge session? I, I've seen that. Most cases, that's not what happens because a lesson tends to be 10 to 20 minutes. Right. If a course is two hours, I mean, somebody has to carve out two hours. Yeah. Who's got two hours? <laughs> yeah, it depends. Right? Yeah. I think if they've got nothing to do, and a lot of people consume courses during COVID, which was cool. I saw a lot of interaction through the system during COVID. But two hours, I think, is, is a good amount of time. I love that. What's the, um, you mentioned community and mastermind. Like, how do you, what is that? And how do you add that in? So I learned this from Adrian. So okay. Adrian, Adrian got this from Groundhog and I pay very close attention to what's going on with Groundhog. I actually give them my office space. <laughs> okay. They're my office. Actually, the, the, the studio behind is actually real. 
that's, that's my live stream studio. So all oh, of our courses awesome. are filmed there with like high digital cameras. It's like a television set. It's got a built in. So that's not a green screen. That's the. It, it is. It's a picture of my actual studio. Oh, I see. <laughs> that makes okay. sense. But my actual, that's like, that, that wall there is like 20 feet high. Oh, gotcha. It's got a built-in video wall. And I, all my courses are like, most of them are done during live stream. I do the odd Zoom and whatever, but most of them are like live. And we display comments on the wall beside me so I can read what everybody's doing. And Oh, so you record your courses live? Yeah. Wow. With, yeah, a, with, with an audience. <laughs> like in-room audience or virtual? No, virtual. So some, sometimes they came into the room before COVID because that's an actual training studio. So if you see... There's a stage there. Yeah. There's room for 60 people in front of that stage. Wow. Yeah. So, so you didn't, it doesn't take you a week or months to make a course. It takes you one live recording session. It takes throughout. like a two hours of preparation and two hours of training. <laughs> Let me go back to my earlier question yeah, and we'll return, which is how long from idea to you getting done with that recording and getting it published on your site is the typical length of that amount of time? Uh, two days. Wow. So I have from idea yeah. to like, all right, we're doing this. Mm -hmm. And then you just use your existing members as the live audience. Yep. Wow. That's very cool. So what was the question you were asking me about Adrian? Uh, I was asking you about community and mastermind. Yes. So I learned this from Adrian. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Adrian said to me about the, the three elements of a, of a good membership site element number one is the step-by-step -step information not information itself because information doesn't solve problems step-by-step -step information when followed directly can create a measurable result so that's number one number two is you have to have some type of support yeah so the support system in my case and in adrian's case is the facebook group so we have an open facebook group and we have a closed one for members yeah. so that is a place where people can share ideas put up wins just get involved in, in some way, shape, or form. Plus, I, I do like Facebook Live presentations that are like 20 minutes, like Monday Motivator and things like just to start the week off. Because, you know, there, there are people that just like being intrinsically motivated. And then the third element is um, uh, so world-class support and then sort of this mentorship from a... Uh, performance and mindset coaching aspect. Without that, information typically won't stick. I mean, they'll learn it, but they won't really do anything. So the concept of performance and mindset coaching is really important to me. I want to keep on top of people. And that's, you know, Groundhog inter intertwined with Lifter can do that, right? It can follow up with people and get them to show up. Uh, for example, uh, we do uh, a mastermind session, but we also do the live training sessions. We also do Monday Motivator. It's, I, I give a fair amount to my people for, for not very, it's like $100 a month. It's crazy. Like, uh, I don't actually need the monies, but I, I need to have them have something invested. So your membership's $100 a month? Yeah. Nice. I know. It's not, uh, it's not, you know, I used to charge like a one, two hour course. It's like if you put three of those together, I would usually charge like $3,000, $4,000 for that. And you get a $100 membership. You can consume every course in there in a month if you wanted to. But um, I, I, I think it's so important to remind people what's coming. Like just for a Monday motivator, I'll send out two emails. 
just for a, a, a training course that's coming up every other Thursday, which is in that live stream studio that we just talked about, I'll send out four emails. It's like one, a couple of days, this is coming. And then the night before I'll sit down and write the course. And then the next morning they'll get two emails, one at nine o'clock that says the course is at 10. And then they'll get one two minutes before 10, because there's always the people that are on the go. They might be sitting at a bus stop. They might be, I don't know where they are, but you know, tune in now. And if you don't do that, they just won't. It's like they, it's in their calendar, it's in their schedule. They just won't show up. You have to constantly be giving them a really, really good reason and a constant reminder to, to come and do what they're supposed to be doing. Otherwise, they'll just drop members. It's one thing to create a membership, it's another thing to keep them. <laughs> so this is 2020 when we're recording this. How many, how many um, courses are inside this membership, roughly? In That's Ambitious? Yeah. Uh, 32 right now, 32. And then all of the recorded masterminds are in there as well. So we put somebody in the hot seat for an hour and a half and we basically help them with their business. That to me, that's a course. Do, that's you, do, very, that, do you do that like as a separate event or that happens right every after? Other, every other Wednesday. So if you were to look at a month, can you lay out a month for us for your membership? Like they're likely going to get like one new course maybe and then one. They get two new courses a month. Two new courses a month. Okay. Two masterminds a month. And then all of the pre-recorded courses, which they'll never get through because there's over 100 hours of courses. There's 32 courses. Yeah. Uh, but every, every month, two, two more are added to that. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? So there's a lot of content to consume. and. Um, I, I haven't actually, I might remind them of a strategy, but I, I haven't repeated a course yet. And I'm, I probably won't for at least another year. I'll just keep adding and adding and adding. And again, if I have to research it, I, I don't have the right to talk about it. So I, I, I have one distinct advantage. Would you like to know what that is? Sure. <laughs> when I work with businesses, cause I'm a paid consultant. So they, they pay me, I get typically six to 10 hours a month with a, with a client to ongoing monthly. And I've had a good solid core base of clients now for, for several years, some new because of COVID, some left, I got some new ones. Most of what I do with them and learn from them, not only help them do something, but I'm learning about their business. And they're yeah. all established businesses, right? Whether they're a vent rental company or whether they're a a Botox trainer, I have a brain therapy clinic, I have uh, people selling products, I have people doing supplements, I, all of that is my training ground. So that's my advantage. I'm doing what I tell other people to do. I'm getting measurable results. Would you pay, Chris, if, if I were to consult with your company, right? It's, it's basically, uh, we get one meeting a month. And uh, I, I can do maybe six to 10 hours of implementation time, maybe four or five myself, and then you know, some staff to do some other things. And it might go over that a little bit, but I'll charge an extra $250 an hour or whatever, and I'll let them know. Uh, but that's like four grand a month. So um, would you continue paying me $4,000 a month if you weren't getting results? No. So everything I do is based on measurable, proven track record and results. 
which is awesome. You're not retired from being a consultant. You're just ever sharpening the saw or the ax and then you're giving people, teaching other people how to swing it. <laughs> it's, right. it's awesome. And it's amazing. You go to some of these Facebook groups and they, they talk about, well, where, where can I take a good life coach training? I'm like, there's no training for life coaching. <laughs> Being successful. Now that's, that's your training ground, right? Go out, and, go out and create a measurable result and then just convert that into coaching. Well, there's a little bit of context in there, but nobody can teach you how to be a life coach. Like, to me, that's insane. I saw that question today and I'm like, you know, be careful because you don't never, never take advice from somebody who doesn't have what you want. That's real. If there was another rule, number one is like, that's, that's a rule. It's like taking financial advice from uncle Phil who's broke. He wants yeah. to give you the advice and you're much, you know, you'll listen to him because he's uncle Phil, but he's broke. Why would you take his financial advice? That's insane. Uh, I, I have a rule that says never take financial advice from somebody in the same tax bracket. Yeah. You'll get different advice, but you'll always move sideways. That's <laughs> awesome. What What is the main, like today, 17 years in uh, digital marketing and, and information products and coaching and training. Today, how do you get new members into your training-based membership site? Free like, presentations. Virtual ones? Virtual. Like webinars or? Mm -hmm. Webinars, Zoom. I, I use the live stream studio sometimes. But basically, I'll, if, I, if I need new members, I'll just program a, uh, a, a one-hour presentation. And on the back end of that presentation, I'll make them an offer. So come into the membership area for half off or whatever. Um, How do you get the leads for that presentation? It's a combination. I'll, I have uh, every client is an affiliate. So I write automatically. them Automatically. Yeah, yep. automatically. They don't <laughs> always do it, but I write them an email and say, hey, send out this email to your friends. It has your <laughs> code embedded in it. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes some will do it, some won't. Most won't actually. So only about five to 10% of them will actually do it each time. It may be different people. Uh, I don't have professional affiliates because that's not, this is not what they're looking for. Pro affiliates are looking for, you know, you're, you're doing a million dollars a month in supplement sales. That, that's yeah. what they want. They, they want a piece of that pie. They don't want a piece of this pie. So, so but uh, that's, uh, and then word of mouth. Um, I have a bit of a name and a reputation, especially in Canada. Um, not so much in the United States. I, I did a lot of work down there, so I still have some networks. So I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to those people. We call them moose. Brian Clemmer used to call them moose. He, he was a very famous uh, trainer of diet at 61. He had a large uh, network across the United States, and I took a lot of mentoring from him. And he used to say, Paul, find yourself a moose. And I'm like, well, what's a moose? He goes, well, that's somebody on the ground who has their own tribe. Build a relationship with them, and every time you do something, just invite them. And a lot of times they'll, they'll, they'll just send it out to their list or they'll tell people and you could create an affiliate or whatever. And then I just advertise. It's like Facebook lead ads or whatever. Um, yeah. I love that. Um, Jay Abraham, he's actually a Lifter LMS. One of his training sites uses Lifter LMS. Um, I remember he was teaching something about how people don't have like referral plans for their business. I mean, there's, there's like, I think, yeah, I, I can't remember what it was, but he went over like 17 different ways to create referrals for your business. And most, a lot of businesses don't have one or they have, or they have one and that's it. But you're talking about the, the moose, you're, you're automatically creating, uh, turning your, your members into referrals if they want to be. Your Can you send me a link, by the way, to that 17? Cause I don't know all 17. 
Yeah, I could be remember. It might be ten. I can't remember. It's. Been I have a, a lot of respect for Jay Abraham, but I've never heard that before. So that's something I, I would be very interested in, in getting my hands on. I'll try to dig that up. I'll try. Thank to you. Appreciate it. <laughs> I'm a student like you. I do a lot of learning, and I've uh, definitely learned a lot just by following Jay's content over the years. Um, we're getting close on time. I did want to ask you. This is just for the power user out there. When I was doing the research for this interview, I saw you had a Wikipedia. How do you end up on Wikipedia? <laughs> well, did you I mean, make that, I, or can somebody? No. No. Okay, so how does it how does Wikipedia happen? Because Wikipedia ranks high in Google search results, at least as of, as of this re recording. Well, I was a, like a I was a professional recording artist. Like, I mean, the most okay. musicians, by the way, who are professional. That's kind yeah. of the goal. Yeah, make make recordings, have people buy them and listen to them, and do touring. And that's yeah. what I did. I did that for a long time. Uh, and I got to see a large part of the world doing that. And I'm very grateful for that experience. But when you have that level of knowledge about a specific topic, especially when it comes to something the public enjoys, like music, um, although this is jazz, so it's a small fraction of the public, <laughs> yeah. um, that those things can happen, right? Like Wikipedia is just like, this is, you know, my discography. I think my, I haven't actually looked at it, so I don't really know. I think my discography is there. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. But people can go in and edit it. I think there might be stuff there about my business and my speaking career and, and whatever, but it's been around for a long time. You know, th this, bring, this brings up a good point. When I first started digital marketing and I started selling sheet music online, I still do, by the way. I, I take public domain sheet music and rearrange it for jazz because, you know, nobody wants to play a Christmas song the, the way they've played it for the last 20 years. They want something new, right? So right. I'll sell that to them for like six or seven bucks or I'll sell them a whole book for like 20 bucks or whatever. Um, and that's how I started. But in the beginning, it was Google was so easy because nobody was doing it. So you could actually search the keyword phrase piano music and paultoby.com would be in the top three search results in the entire world. Wow. I was bringing over a million uniques a month to that website. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just got sidetracked into the training business and kind of let that whole thing go a little bit. I'm still like one of the most valuable things that I have for clients is like SEO, uh, but it's not based on keywords anymore. It's more based on interaction. And so I build pages that then interact. And so it's a bit, a bit different strategy, uh, but it still works. You know, that, uh, an endorsement by Google in, a, in an organic search results page, that's huge. Many people want that. They just don't know how to do it. Yeah, that's, that's great. Well, as we wrap up here, you mentioned um, you have stuff in your membership about course creation. If somebody were, were to go check out one course at that'sambitious.com, which one, what, which one would you send a, a course creator to? Uh, let me look. So while I'm doing this, uh, I, I went in and created a coupon code for you. Awesome. So the coupon code is lifter LMS. All right. So that's a, that that's ambitious.com. That's where you can find the website. Yeah. Lifter LMS and you can buy a membership at 50% off and it's, it's, it's refundable within 30 days. Also, awesome. if you, if you take like take as many courses as you want and if you ask for your money back <laughs> within 30 days, uh, within reason, I don't think you can, and you can't copy these things or download them, but you know, go take something. So for 49 bucks, I would do two courses. The first one would be, it's a course called presenting. 
Okay. Uh, and that goes hand in hand with the second course called, just want to get the name right here. Actually, there's another one, video content creation. Nice. And then the essential guide to course creation. Oh, sorry, the essential guide to online course creation. So those three. Excellent. So literally for 50 bucks, I mean, come on, if you can't, you honestly think you can go take six hours of training with me and not get a $50 idea? <laughs> you're gonna get a you're gonna get a fifty thousand dollar idea out of those courses because everything in those courses is based on personal experience right this is what i did this is how i did it this is the results that i'm getting well i think those of you out there listening you've got a fifty thousand dollar idea or two from this free podcast episode so head on over to thatsambitious.com use the coupon code lifter lms check out the course called presenting another one called video content creation and then the essential guide to online course creation. Paul, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey with us. You dropped a lot of knowledge bombs. I'm gonna have to go back and re-listen to this, uh, not as an interviewer, just to make sure I capture it all, but thanks so much for coming on and keep up the great work and doing what you do. Uh, can I just say thank you for a great piece of software? I like Lifter. It's good. I've been learning using LearnDash for a long time, but, but Lifter, I, I built Jazzmental on Lifter. And it was a lot of fun. It was learning a new platform and the way it integrates with Groundhog. So good job. It's great nice. stuff. I appreciate it. So that's Paul Toby. He's at that'sambitious.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. Did you enjoy that episode? Tell your friends and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And I've got a gift for you over at lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Go to lifterlms.com forward slash gift. Keep learning, keep taking action, and I'll see you in the next episode.